A new report by the Trevor Project shows that transgender youth are at increased risk of suicidal behavior. This is when compared to their cisgender counterparts. Dispatches from Within is a new series from our Radio 101 program that explores the mental health issues our youth are facing today. For our first story, students Janae Brockenborough, Deacon Welch and Watson Carter looked into what it means to be transgender in a public school. It's an everyday ritual of attendance. Nothing too interesting about it. You know your name. You've been called that your entire life, right? When I first started switching names, I didn't really mind my old name. It didn't really bother me, but now I hear it, and it's it just doesn't match with who I am anymore. That's M. And it's certainly uncomfortable. I don't really like to. I don't like to see it, and I don't. I don't really, it's hard to say because it's something I spend a lot of my time just sort of trying to not think about. My pronouns are Z, Zem, Zer, 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 Self, and um, I'm 16 years old. We're not using Zer's full name to protect M's privacy. I'm non-binary, so I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, like, transition-wise right away, so I... I mean, I kept things the same for a while. I had two feet of hair. I wore skirts and dresses and stuff like that. And the more time I spent, the more I started kind of leading away with that. About two and a half years ago, I just decided to, you know, shave my head. And definitely, I think once I looked more trans, people started to treat me differently. It became a little bit more difficult for people to stomach when it wasn't something they could ignore. I found that people were pretty chill with me being gay or non-binary or whatever it was when I looked like a girl. And once I came out, people didn't want to work with me on group projects anymore. Like once I cut my hair and all of that, people didn't want to work with me on group projects. People didn't want to talk to me. No one really wanted to interact with me anymore. I was something else. It's like there was everybody else and then there was me. Everyday activities become huge hurdles from teachers calling you the right name to what bathroom you should use or lockers. Or even when during PE, students get divided into boys and girls teams. And for M and every other transgender student, this means to keep having the same conversation about who they are with every single teacher, student, and administrator they interact with. A lot of trans people, there's sort of, there's something, they... There's a point you get to where you pass, which means you look the way you look the way that you identify and people will assume the correct pronouns for you. But when you're non-binary, he nobody's going to assume they them, nobody's going to assume Z them. So I know that I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life explaining to people who I am.
it kind of sucks. I, I really, it's exhausting. It's, it's a lot to explain, especially when I know like some people are going to take it really well and others aren't. It's kind of scary and it's really tiring to just keep having to do it over and over and over again and know that I'm going to be doing that forever. I think it would be really, really great if there was some sort of like general education about non-binary people and neo-pronouns that I could introduce myself, say my name, say that I use Zizems or Zerself, all of, all of that, and people would know what it meant and I could be done with just those two sentences instead of having to go through the whole explanation of the history of neo-pronouns and like where they come from and why they're not grammatically incorrect. As for right now, there are only six states in the country that have curricular standards that include affirming representation of LGBTQ plus communities. North Carolina is not one of them. There are also states like Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Mississippi that have what's known as quote-unquote no-pro-homo laws in place. These laws prohibit any sort of LGBTQ plus representation in K-12 curriculums. But it's not just states. The SAT, the most widely used standardized test for college admission in the U.S., still says that it's incorrect to use they, them as a singular pronoun. For these like academic, well-respected organizations to say that's wrong, I'm not wrong, I'm me. Some things that a school can really take action on to be inclusive include making sure that you're using the correct name and pronouns for youth, that their identity is being fully respected all of the time. My name is Casey Pick and uh, my pronouns are she and her. I am proud to be the Senior Fellow for Advocacy and Government Affairs at The Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is a worldwide nonprofit that works to end suicide among lesbians, gays, bisexual, transgenders, queers, and questioning young people. We have data and science that actually shows us that being in a space that is welcoming and affirming is like significantly better for an LGBTQ young person's mental health. And even just having one accepting adult in an LGBTQ young person's life will reduce their odds of a suicide attempt by 40%. In the classroom, this can be as simple as adding a rainbow flag somewhere or sticker that says safe space. But I find that the most effective way to really communicate to young people that I am a safe and welcoming person is to make sure that I say things that are clear to that effect. Um, introducing my class as being, this is a safe space where we respect everybody's differences and that we embrace all kinds of families. Just putting it out there. There's no reason not to. And while those changes might seem small, for someone like M, they can mean the difference between life and death. There's like, no one has called me slurs or tried to beat me up or said anything any, anything like that, but it's it's sort of like a death by with a thousand paper cuts situation where I talk about it all the time and it's 
it's exhausting and it's a lot but when I when I talk about it now it kind of seems like it's not that big a thing it's all of these little things that add up to be something that's draining This story was produced for 88.5 WFDD by me, Janae Brokenborough, Deacon Welch, and Watson Carter as a part of the Radio 101 series on youth mental health. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's a free 24-hour hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. Radio 101 is made possible in part by a generous contribution from Woody Kleiner. This story was produced as part of a four-credit class at R.J. Reynolds High School in Winston-Salem. The music for this show was composed by Alan Potorak. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions.